Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. What is the dominant influence in yours and my life? Is it the company I keep, the associations I have, the friendships that I have, or is the dominant influence in my life the Word of God? Does the Word of God and the God of the Word have the final say on every matter in my life? That's the dominant influence in my life. If it is, then I will be and have a blessed life. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. What is the dominant influence in your life? In today's message from Pastor J.D., he challenges us to ask ourselves this question. Many of our valuable influences can come from our families and friends. However, the most dominant influence should be the Word of God. God's Word needs to be the dominating influence in every part of our lives. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 1 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Well, what's written in verse 2? Oh, those who have a blessed life will delight in the Word of God, the whole counsel of God. Again, notice the contrast. The ungodly counsel versus the whole counsel of God. In other words, what is the dominant influence in yours and my life? Is it the company I keep, the associations I have, the friendships that I have, or is the dominant influence in my life the Word of God? Does the Word of God and the God of the Word have the final say on every matter in my life? That's the dominant influence in my life. If it is, then I will be and have a blessed life. If it's not, I will not be blessed. (laughs) I mean, it's pretty simple. So those who have a blessed life will delight in the Word of God. In other words, they would rather, now I'm going to, this is going to get a little uncomfortable, but oh well. They would rather get in the Word than watch TV. How are we doing here? Right? So you're looking over here at the end table, and there's your Bible. Got a little bit of dust on it. <laughs> and right next to it's the remote. Oh my goodness. The spiritual warfare. You got, you know, the, <laughs> the, I wish that the devil was not made out to look like this cartoon character with a pitchfork and red tights, but here's the enemy. Oh. I wonder what's on TV. You're tired, you know. Just, you know, and and you can almost feel the gravitational pull on your hand toward you reach for the Bible, but it's like something pushes your hand towards the remote. And here's the Holy Spirit saying, you know, you need the word. Because what you're gonna watch on TV is not gonna bless you. You're going to come to the end of whatever it is, even if it's a, you know, documentary or a, you know, God forbid, a sitcom. I was thinking the other day about the last time I actually watched a sitcom. Now, I'm not trying to sound hyper-spiritual here, but I can tell you and I can stand before you in total victory and say to you that I have not watched a sitcom in I don't know how many years. I don't even remember. 
the last time I actually watched a sitcom. But you come to the end of a 30-minute sitcom by way of example, and how do you feel after that? Versus 30 minutes, 30 minutes, my goodness, 30 minutes in the Word of God, in the book of Psalms, no less. How are you going to feel after that? See, the blessed life is the life that delights in the Word of God. It's a get-to, not a got-to, as it were, where not only do you get into the Word, but the Word gets into you. That's another thing we're going to talk about on Sunday morning. So what does delighting in the Word of God look like? Well, we have some interesting imagery here. The one who delights in the Word of God will meditate on it day and night. That's kind of a, a saying, you know, day and night. It doesn't mean you're, you know, you got to work, you got to sleep, you got to eat, right? You know, you got responsibilities. You can't certainly be reading God's Word and delighting in God's Word and meditating on God's Word all day and all night. No, it's, it just becomes a daily thing. It's that daily bread, if you please. It's the bread of life. Man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word, word that comes out of the mouth of God. It's spiritual food. It's spiritual food. You know, I I love food. Can I just, I'm just saying, I love, and by the way, there's going to be food in heaven. My daughter was asking me about this the other day. She said, Bob, is there going to be food in heaven? I said, In the name of Jesus, I tell you, (laughs) verily, verily, I say unto you, (laughs) there will be food in heaven and good food, fat-free, cholesterol-free, (laughs) calorie-free, tasteful. So I delight in eating. There's a neurological, you know, chemical. It's the dopamine that's released. I think there's probably some serotonin that's released and all these other God-given chemicals that make you feel good. That's why they call it comfort food, right? So food, we delight to eat physical food. And this kind of has the same idea in delighting to eat from the Word of God. And here's the thing with meditating, this word meditating, interesting word. Here's what it means. I'll try not to be too graphic here because it is a little bit graphic, but it carries with it the idea of a cow chewing its cud. Now you have to understand something about cows. I think they have like five stomachs. (laughs) Imagine that. I struggle with one stomach. A cow has five of these things. And This is, again, I'll try not to be too graphic, but here's what the cow does. The cow eats, chews, swallows, and regurgitates, and brings it back up, and chews it again, and swallows it again, and gets everything possible out of that which it is chewing and eating, and as such, digesting. That's what the word means. You're not just eating the Word of God. You're not just reading the Word of God. You're digesting it. You're meditating on it. You're regurgitating it. And you're assimilating it. And you're getting everything you possibly can out of it. 
I love what Charles Spurgeon said. He says, it is not only reading that does us good, but the soul inwardly feeding on it and digesting it. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, it says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. There it is again that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, blessed, and then you will have good success. You want a blessed life? This is how you have a blessed life. You delight in and digest the word of God. Well, this brings us to verse 3. So verse 3 We have this description of what a blessed life is like when, not if, when we delight in and digest the word of God day and night. Look at this picture. I have a picture in my office at my house with Psalm 1, this this verse on it. And it's a picture of this beautiful tree in this arid place. And the reason it's beautiful is because there's water, without which it would not survive, let alone thrive. And in Israel, this has better understanding, better application, because a tree has to be planted by rivers of water, or it will wither. And that's what the psalmist is saying, and that's the picture that's being painted. So what the psalmist is saying is, if we delight in the word of God and meditate on it, digest it day and night, then this is what our life is going to be like. It's going to be like this tree that's planted, though it's arid, but it's by rivers of water that are constantly supplying it with everything it needs to be fruitful and prosper and not wither, like the tree that is not planted by the rivers of water. (laughs) clearly this has application and is an apt description to the fruit of the Holy Spirit that's manifested in our lives. We were just there in Galatians, but if you don't mind, I just want to read verses 23 and 24 of Galatians chapter 5, famous verse about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's love, gentleness, Oh, wow, I I messed up. It's actually verse 22. Well, I, I know the verse, so bear with me. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness. How am I doing? Somebody checking me? Don't take my word for it. I'll skip one. You know which one I'll skip? Self-control. I hate that one. No, it was patience. I hate patience. That's That's the other one. I really hate the patience one. I don't like patience. And neither did you, so don't look at me all spiritual like you do. You're impatient with me right now (laughs) as I'm trying to get this right. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, kindness, meekness, patience, and self-control. Did I miss any? Did I add one? What did I miss? Somebody's checking me. Just want to, that's okay. I can receive correction. (laughs) I'm teachable. Is that one? No, that's not one. What's one? Long-suffering. 
Okay, I'm so sorry. Long-suffering. Wait, that's patience. That's why I missed it. Okay, like I said, (laughs) but is this not the fruit of the Holy Spirit that comes from a holy life, a blessed life? And you shall know them by their fruit. You know, this is is the thing I was uh, listening to a teaching this a couple of days ago. Excellent teaching. And it was basically, here's the gist of it. You know, you have some Christians that say, well, I'm a Christian. And they're kind of like a tree that says, well, I'm an apple tree. And you're looking on the branches you're going, where are the apples? <laughs> you say you're an apple tree. I don't see any apples. Or how about this one? You know, I'm, a, I'm an apple tree. And, but those aren't apples on, on that tree. That's a different fruit. You shall a, a good tree bears good fruit, Jesus said. A bad tree bears bad fruit. So, you know, by their fruit. I like how one said it. We're not judges. We're not wearing the judge's robe. We're wearing the fruit inspector's badge. So I'm not going to judge another man's servant. I'm not going to judge the motives of your heart. You know, God knows your heart. I only see the outward appearance. I'm, I'm looking at the outward tree of your life. And listen, there's, it doesn't take a, an expert to determine a healthy tree that's planted near rivers of living water because it is bearing fruit. The leaves are not withered and dry and brown and falling off. They're green and lush. Why? Because of the water. There's something else here I want to mention, and it's concerning the tree of our lives being planted by the water of God's Word, so to speak. So this is one of the things when we first moved here 14 years ago now from the mainland and the Pacific Northwest, actually, Spokane, Washington to be exact, and we don't have palm trees there. We have pine trees. And when I first got, and by the way, seeing flowers on a tree, no, it ain't going to happen. So we come and we rent the house that we are in now that we eventually purchase, but we have this plumeria tree. And so, you know, my wife who was born and raised here, she had to kind of educate me on the plumeria trees. This beautiful tree. So, In December, November, December, and certainly by January, all of the leaves are gone from this beautiful, and the flowers are gone from this big, majestic plumeria tree that we have. And so I I remember commenting to my wife, and and I said to her, I said, honey, I think the plumeria tree is dead. I mean, look at the thing, right? She says, oh, no, 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 no. You'll see. So what's happening right now? is, and this is the same thing with really any tree, but palm trees. So during that season, the roots are going down ever so deep into the soil of the earth, and they're becoming strong. The The root system is becoming strong so that when those spring storms hit, that plumeria tree, that palm tree, that tree is able to stand because its roots are deep and strong. And you probably know where I'm going with this, but 
when our roots are deep in the word of God, we're strong. During those seasons when it doesn't seem like anything's happening, well, if we're in the word and the word is in us, then those roots go down so deep and become so strong that when, not if, that storm hits, the palm tree might bow, which by the way, when a storm hits, that's a good posture to take, (laughs) bowed low before the Lord in humility, but it doesn't break. That plumeria tree, it, it doesn't fall because it's strong. Why is it strong? Because its roots are deep. Well, this brings us to verse 5. And the psalmist now turns a corner and contrasts the godly and blessed life with the life of the ungodly. And we're using now this tree that is planted by the rivers of water. So that's strong. That's the blessed life. That's the godly life. That one that does not walk in the way or the path of the ungodly or the ungodly counsel or stand in the the way of sinners or sit in the seat of scorners. That's the chaff life. Now what's chaff? Well, they would separate the wheat from the chaff by throwing it up in the air and the wind would blow away the chaff and then the wheat, because it had weight, would then be separated from the chaff. Look at this contrast. So you got the blessed life over here, like a tree. That thing is strong. That thing's not going down. And contrasted with the ungodly life, it's not only, forget the storm. We get the trade winds. (laughs) The trade winds are blowing that chaff away. That's the contrast. And the chaff is taken away. And this is why they will not stand in the judgment, nor will sinners stand in the congregation of the righteous. They can't. How are they going to stand? They're chaff. They're like the chaff. The wind blows them away. And again, the contrast conversely with the righteous. Not only do they stand, they stand strong, unmoved able to withstand that which comes up against them. Charles Spurgeon again, speaking of the contrast between the tree and the chaff, of the chaff, wrote, intrinsically worthless, dead, unserviceable, without substance, and easily carried away. I think about what James says, that there are those who are blown away, carried away by every wind of doctrine. They're like the chaff, those who are not grounded with their roots deep in the word of God. And Spurgeon says, there is a huge difference (laughs) between a tree and chaff. That's kind of almost an understatement. Well, this brings us to the last verse, verse 6, where we're told that the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Now, interesting, a couple thoughts here. Okay, so the Lord knows the way of the righteous. Kind of gives you the impression that the Lord knows the path we've chosen, the way we're walking. 
And he sees, he knows, he cares. And he sees everything that we're going through. And he knows our way and our righteous way. But, and again, here we have the contrast, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Now, I want to point something out here and we'll bring it to a close. But did you notice that the first word in Psalm 1 is the word blessed? And the last word in Psalm 1 is the word perish. There's a reason for that. I would submit that there is this stark contrast between one who is godly being blessed as opposed to the ungodly who perish. That's what's at stake here. Proverbs 14, 12. I know you're familiar with this. It is probably one of the most powerful and descriptive Proverbs, it says, there is a way, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. They will perish. The way of the ungodly, the way of the sinner, the way of the wicked, as opposed to the way of the righteous. I mean, it's, you would think, one would think that it would be a a no-brainer right? (laughs) Do I want my life to be blessed or do I want to perish? A blessed life, a life that's not blessed. Why would we ever go in this way? Why would we not want to do everything we can to avoid not having a blessed life? Stripping the blessing of God Maybe better said this way, tying the hands of God's blessing with the ropes of our ungodliness, our worldliness. That's what the worldliness does. That's what the ungodliness does, is it robs us of the blessing of God in our lives. And is that not lastly true? in terms of what the enemy seeks to do. Jesus said the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Notice the the order. It's not destroy, kill, steal. It's steal first. So first he wants to rob us of that which God has for us, right? First. Second, he wants to kill. He wants to kill. And then thirdly, and ultimately, in so doing, He seeks to completely destroy us. Peter says that the enemy is like this roaring lion seeking whom he may destroy, devour, devour. He wants to devour us. There's a lot to learn from the book of Psalms, and we're so glad you've joined us to sift through it all with Pastor J.D. Farag on In Spirit and Truth. The range of emotions expressed in the pages we've been studying give us an accurate and beautiful picture of our Heavenly Father, the almighty and loving creator of the world. Before we end our time with you today, we'd like to share how you can access more of these messages right now. Simply visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and click on Listen to search through our archive of Pastor J.D.'s teachings. You can even take these messages with you on the go with our mobile app. Find a link to our app on our website or search for In Spirit and Truth in your app store. 
This will provide you with hours of insight into the Bible, helpful links, and access to the latest editions of Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Update. In these updates, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them to the prophecies of the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. These messages are new each weekend and will help you put world events into an eternal perspective. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are also available to watch on our YouTube channel, which you can access through our website. Again, that address is inspiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for taking the time to listen to God's Word today. We pray it's blessed and encouraged you greatly. Pastor J.D. will continue studying through the book of Psalms when you join us next time, right here on In Spirit and Truth.